Hey, everybody, this is Unpopular Truth. I am uh, getting replaced today, so my son will be taking my spot, which is Ellis and Carrie. What are we going to talk about today? I was going to let Ellis tell us what we're talking about, but we didn't plan the intro, so here we are again, unpopular and unplanned, so per usual. So, Ellis, you want to say hi to everybody? Hey, what's up? (laughs) You want to tell us what we're talking about today? Um, today we are going to talk about unqualified volunteers in the church. Okay. So, um, as usual, we've picked a subject matter that we're probably going to have to be, uh, pretty specific in our discussion, um, to let everybody know um, what we're talking about, why we're talking about it. And we'll, um, of course, back some things up with scripture. We'll bat it back and forth. And, um, Ellis, we'll see if you replace daddy on a long-term basis or just like, you know, one-time deal or that won't be hard. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Okay. So Ellis unqualified volunteers, that's kind of an oxymoron. It kind of sounds like jumbo shrimp because volunteers in the church obviously don't need any qualification. That's the way we've all, Mm -hmm. those of us who have been raised in church, uh, if you have a pulse, you can pretty much jump in and serve in the church. So yep. is that kind of where you're thinking this conversation is going? Um, I was thinking more specifically on those volunteers that are teaching scripture rather than folding chairs and moving inflatables on a Friday night. Okay, so I think that's a great place just to be specific and start with the fact that we are talking about teaching scripture Uh, And just like you said, we are all uh, very capable and should be willing um, to serve in the church in a capacity uh, that serves the body um, like that to um, fold chairs, to (laughs) clean, to uh, stand at a table and uh, direct people. I mean, those are things that uh, we should all be doing. Those don't depend on um, a specific gifting or calling, right? So let's just make that clear because I feel like (laughs) we're already going to get some pushback on um, the fact that we're saying you have to be equipped to serve in certain positions in the church. So, okay, we're talking specifically about teaching scripture, okay? Take it away. What are your thoughts? Why did you have this... uh, idea to do this topic today on the podcast? Um, Well, for me, I've had a couple experiences in my life growing up in church that um, the teachers that I had in what I would consider some of the most pivotal points in my Christian walk to develop a habit of um, developing my faith and growing spiritually, um, the leaders were not necessarily... I would hate to use the word equip, but they didn't have the tools and the experience to fully explain and exposit the word of God in a way that would help the benefiting of a walk of a high schooler and late middle schooler. Wow. Okay. So 
you felt like they were voluntold to be the teacher or what what was your feeling about why they were teaching if you felt like they were not equipped why were they doing it I think it was one of two things and I think we see this everywhere like across the entire body of Christ and local churches Mm -hmm. I think it's one of two things they either have a child in the same ministry Mm. so they want to be serving in the same ministry yes and there's a need for a teacher so they fill that role regardless of if they want to be teaching or not right or they feel like they want to bestow something upon that generation Mm. that they have learned whether it be life experiences or actual spiritual disciplines and principles wow Okay. That's pretty good, son. That's not bad. Um, Why do you think that it's important for high schoolers and young adults to have teachers that are either called to teach or can properly exposit the Word of God? Because we want to come back to that because I want to ask you another question regarding that in just a second. Okay. So um, I think it's very important that teachers know how to expose the word of God because it's very easy for the Bible to be taken out of context Mm -hmm. and also to be exposited incorrectly. Mm -hmm. And for someone who hasn't practiced exposition in the correct way, it's easy to take out a chunk of verses that sounds really good when you read it and you can explain it, but you're not actually explaining it. You're just rephrasing it. Okay. Do you think that a teacher... Sorry. Mm. Okay, I can't think about how I want to word this question. Do you think that everyone who is a teacher should be able to exposit and do you think that everyone that is able to exposit scripture should be a teacher there's Um, my question i do not think so i think everyone is capable of expositing the word Mm -hmm. because with the gifting of the holy spirit we are allowed to interpret it however however um i think people are given gifts to teach and instruct right so everyone should be able to exposit everyone is not able to teach so i think teaching and especially preaching is a god-ordained gift yes that we must have to do it correctly so let's talk about if you're ready let's talk about some of the specific dangers of unqualified volunteers in the role of teacher Mm -hmm. let's so let's talk about um outlining specific things that are perils or dangers in the body of christ when we put someone like that in the teaching position so what do you think a a possible danger is um i think the first danger that we should address is the fact that the entire body of christ requires strong leaders for teaching 
um, and that my age group specifically is at such a pivotal walk point mm-hmm. in our walk with Christ, but we end up getting the loving babysitters of the group. Yeah, I think um, as the church body, we really um, have done you all a grave disservice uh, in putting people in those teaching positions that are afraid to challenge you guys with scripture because scripture is supposed to be challenging Ellis. It is supposed to be confrontational and it is supposed to cause you um, to wrestle with some things and think through some things. But honestly, I think that as a church, we are afraid for your age group to wrestle because we are afraid that you are too weak and that you are going to walk away from your faith if anything challenges you in that way. I definitely agree with you, but I want to continue that thought and say that we believe that some people think that it would challenge us and we would walk away, but I also think that if we aren't challenged, we come to the point where when someone challenges our faith, like in college or at a job, that we say, oh, I guess I'm really not a Christian because I don't know how to answer your question on the beginning of the world or where God came from or why things happen. Exactly. See, that's why your age group needs strong, competent teachers so that you guys can practice those skills mm-hmm. and hone those skills so that when you are challenged, you're, you're ready, you're equipped. And the, the fact remains that if we looked at Scripture, Old and New Testament, Ellis, some of the characters that changed the entire world yep. <laughs> were your age. Yep. They were your age. God called them to huge, ginormous tasks. At your age, Daniel mm-hmm. and his friends were taken to Babylon around your age. Esther, I mean, she was around your age when she went to the palace. You know, Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 4.12, right? When he writes to Timothy, he says, Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Paul says that Timothy should be an example to others, and he is a young man. Mm -hmm. Paul calls him to spiritual maturity. He does not water down anything, and that is, is a danger of poor teaching in the church, especially with your age group, because, man, y'all are, y'all are it for us. Y'all are the future of the church. Y'all are the pipeline. And listen, I'm tired of telling y'all how great you are. I want y'all to be armed and ready mm-hmm. because we don't know what we're facing here in these next few years. We have no idea the persecution that might come to the church um, here in America. And y'all are on our front lines. Y'all are the front lines. So, wow. Good stuff. Okay. Um, What's another danger? I think another problem that we would have is people teaching unbiblical principles like 
life experiences and valuing valuing those over scripture mm. rather than just speaking and teaching scripture as it is as the weapons we need to continue in our life okay so you're saying that what okay so ellis why do you think that someone in a spiritual setting a church setting would teach life experience rather than scriptural wisdom why why would someone do that i think it would mainly be the problem of their own knowledge of scripture Mm -hmm. or their own spiritual walk because they probably had life experiences when they were not very knowing or fond of scripture so they valued those over the scripture and in turn that created much higher value in their lives yeah i think um i just and this kind of goes almost back to the first danger that we talked about but i still think that um if if they don't have a good scripture knowledge base um they have to either dumb it down Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they can't explain it themselves or um they're not living it themselves in a way that they could explain it to a young adult. Definitely. So, um, yeah, so we see um, that you guys would actually be getting taught secularism wrapped in a spiritual model, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary to think about, actually, um, because that would mean that we would value worldly wisdom over scriptural transformation yeah wow yeah i think also um john MacArthur talks about something similar to this in uh jeremiah 8 what is it 11 okay um the verse says they have treated the brokenness of my dear people superficially claiming peace peace when there is no peace um he talks about this um preaching actually from first timothy and he says that when they say this they're saying more of a psychological message, but there is no spiritual message out mm. of obedience. Ooh. And so he says that later in this chapter, it Jeremiah calls this abominations to God. Wow. So he really talks about the danger of speaking something that they think they're experiencing that is not biblical at all and preaching that and teaching that to someone that needs to be hearing commandments about obeying God rather than what wow. they've experienced in life. That's huge. Yeah. So what would be some examples of either teaching from an experiential standpoint or just teaching something that is antithetical, mm-hmm. like it's not scriptural? Yeah, I think um, a lot of teachers that aren't very equipped to teach they most often read the stories that they are told to teach and they think how have i experienced this in my life to explain it to the people they're teaching rather than teaching Mm. it straight from scripture with context yeah so they think how am i in this story rather than how can i teach this story biblically 
Jesus, right? Um, so I'm thinking of a funny story that happened to you. Yes, you are. <laughs> I know a story you're talking about. If you want to just give the give the quick story, um, just yeah, for I fun. Can. So um, I was in middle school, and my teacher asked our class who sent people to hell and of course i answered god and he told me no and so i went down the list and i said jesus and then the holy (laughs) spirit and he answered no to both of those as well oh so i sat there very very confused because i was thinking who else is even possible as an answer right and he said that the devil did and I could not get that <laughs> statement out of my mind for the rest of class yeah. because it was completely unbiblical. Right. And I don't even think it was in the context of what we were studying that day either. Yeah. And and we had our usual commentary after church mm-hmm. about that. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, we had to have the whole discussion about giving the devil way too much power Uh and the fact that that's something that we tend to do anyway as humans that we Uh um, ascribe to him a lot more power and responsibility than he actually has and so um, we had lots of commentary that day after that and that was one of my favorite um, church stories definitely a fun memory okay you want to move on can we talk about another danger of an unqualified volunteer Yeah. Do you have any that you can think of right off the top of your head? Yeah. So what about this one? The student can only learn as much as the teacher. That's a good one. So if we have an unqualified volunteer, we run the risk of actually um, capping. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Capping knowledge and growth. Um, because we've put that person in that teaching position, definitely, and they're and they're just not a teacher. Yeah, I, I mean, I told you this earlier today. <laughs> I made the statement about how leaders and teachers are chosen in the church from, mm-hmm. I think, a broad spectrum of churches, and it's almost as if we do a legal background check on these teachers rather than a spiritual background check. <laughs> So that leaves a, a very, yeah. very dangerous, not dangerous person, but right. a, it's a, a, it's dangerous a variable dynamic. that, yeah, a yeah. variable that we can't measure because we just throw them into the situation and we say, you know, you pass the, you pass the legal background check, so you're good to go. You know what? I was just, Ellis, that you just got me thinking about something because we said that I said earlier that I felt like that your age group has been done a disservice. Mm -hmm. But the way you've just described that point, um, the church also does a grave disservice to that adult that that we just put um, in a position that he or she um, is not fully equipped for. (laughs) And they could be sitting under better teaching and growing um, in their sanctification process. So look at look at what's happened now. So so think about that dynamic, um, and look at the detriment that has yeah. been caused by the fact that as a church we don't want to um, 
use scripture, value scripture, and say, you are a loving um, member of the body of Christ, but this is not the place for you to volunteer. Yeah. And I think it it also goes down to, um, like, the church's stance. Like, you're going to sit in church, and you could hear your pastor preaching on serving, and he's just sitting there saying, you need to serve. You're called to serve. You need to serve. Mm -hmm. So you have an adult sitting in the pew saying, well, I guess I need to serve. And where's an open spot, a teaching spot for Mm. a ninth grade Mm. class? And so he says, I want to teach. I want to serve in this ministry. And they say, well, we have an opening for a ninth grade leader for a teacher. Yeah. And they and he says, I mean, I guess if it's open, I'll take it. But he's not qualified. He's a new Christian that just started going to church yeah. three months ago. And now he's leading a freshman group that yes. that they need to know the basic principles of Christian Christianity and Christian disciplines. Yeah. And so now their knowledge is capped severely and he could be under someone else that has more knowledge Mm -hmm. and growing in his spiritual walk rather than teaching freshmen and not being fully equipped to teach these freshmen. Well, I think that's the way that that this happens is that um, we have a need. The church has a need. Mm -hmm. And so we need to put someone in that position because we have a need for a volunteer, but um, we're not valuing that. We're not valuing it enough. Yeah. Uh, um, And I'm, you know, I'm saying, you know, me, I mean, I, I need to um, value it more, uh, you know, which leads us to another danger of an unqualified teacher, I guess that's what we're talking about, Ellis, um, is the level of accountability that Mm -hmm. the Bible tells us that teachers have. So I'm going to read the scripture reference, and then we can uh, talk about it a little bit because I want us to to jump off of uh, this verse. James 3.1, it says, Let not many of you become teachers my brethren knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment scripture places a high high standard on the teacher uh, because teachers can lead so many people down the wrong path you know if we say something that is out of context or we twist scripture or um, we don't have a firm grasp on it enough to explain it in context, mm-hmm. explain it well um, in a way that other believers can live it out. The Holy Spirit can apply it to their hearts and lives. So, you know, Scripture places a high standard on teaching. And I don't know if we, the church, place as high a standard i agree yeah i think um you can apply that back to the statement i made about the legal background checks and not the spiritual background for sure and it's it's the point at which we look at a person and we say okay 
you haven't killed someone, you haven't <laughs> robbed a bank, and you haven't molested a child. Ooh, so yes. here's a here's a book and go teach these kids. Like we we don't know if you know the the Bible or not, and that wow. for that for the church is not valuing scripture because then you're putting someone in a position to minister and shepherd a small group of people yes. and not knowing if they even know scripture at all just knowing that the basis value of that leader is just a worldly check mark it's not even a biblical Ooh, check Ellis, mark Ellis. so we are placing worldly standards, standards over scripture on, wow yeah right yes. on top of it that's kind of um convicting very and i just want to expound on your point of the accountability of a teacher Mm -hmm. the my thought process of like how important that verse is is if i teach three people something that is completely unbiblical and then they go teach three people the same exact thing i'm now responsible for all of them all of them yes which is like frightening what is it what is that like (laughs) 13, 14 people? Yeah. I'm now responsible for teaching 14 people an unbiblical principle when I thought I just taught three. Ooh, yes. Yeah. That's it. So we've talked about, okay, so we've talked about the dangers of an unqualified volunteer, but we need to somehow address a solution. Mm -hmm. So... So what do we do now? So now so now we know that there are perils and pitfalls to unqualified mm-hmm. volunteers, but what, what are we going to do? I think the hardest part is we have to learn how to say no to people. Ooh. If we cannot You're going to say no to somebody in the church, Ellis. Yes. You're going to say no. Yes. You're going to say, say no, you cannot yes. volunteer. You're going to say, no, you cannot. Wow. Yeah, for me, I would rather say no to a volunteer than rather go to God and say, I'm sorry for allowing someone to minister to what multiplied to be thousands of people that did not know your word because they passed a worldly checkmark. So you would rather uphold scripture than please men. Hmm. Of course. That's that's novel. That's a novel idea. Yeah. Because uh, Ellis, here's Just why astounding. it's astounding. Well, here's why it's astounding, son. Because what if our churches didn't grow? What if you ticked off the person that you said no to and they left that body of believers? What if they took a couple of friends? What if you didn't have a spot filled for your freshman boys uh, small group? What if... Well, there's just all kinds of what ifs Yeah. from you saying that you are going to uphold scripture as a standard and say no to someone who wants to volunteer. So what's the youth pastor going to do, Ellis, that doesn't have a group leader? What's he going to do? I mean, I think there's multiple options for that. I think one would be instead of creating multiple small groups you could depending on the size easily have one big group and that would eliminate the 
number one, need for teachers and qualified teachers. Yeah. And number two, it would take care of the aspect of a qualified teacher. You would normally, when a church hires a youth pastor mm-hmm. or college pastor, they pass both the legal background check and they normally also have some sort of biblical degree. Right. Because that's what you're going to look for in a pastoral position. Right. So you're going to take away the aspect of having to spiritually background check a teacher for their knowledge of scripture, even though you would still need to do that for a youth pastor. Definitely. Yeah. Because a, a piece of paper means nothing. Right. It really doesn't. And I think it would take away multiple situations that you see in the church today just by saying we're going to study all together rather than splitting you up for Mm -hmm. two reasons number one we don't have people that are qualified to teach right and number two i mean there's enough of us that we can be together and grow spiritually together and if there are people that say i want to teach but they're not qualified they can definitely sit in the back of that youth group on Sunday mornings and listen to Learn. the youth pastor yeah. teach and grow in their spiritual walk then yeah. and continue throughout the week. So then they are qualified later in life to go back and say, hey, I've been digging into my word. Like, yeah. I want to I want to have some conversations with you to see if I can maybe teach now. And then at that point, you would debate on whether in the beginning, if it was just a thing that someone said, hey, you're supposed to serve as a Christian, and they said, okay, I might as well serve, and a calling, not a calling, but a gift of teaching that they are fully pursuing by saying, I have put time and effort into this because it is my gift to teach. I have a gift to teach. So I am pursuing it even though at first you said I wasn't ready. Wow. So you're talking about congregations, bodies of believers, upholding scripture to the point that they would be willing to commit to long-term spiritual growth instead of short-term numbers increase. Yeah, you're. That's a that's a big deal. Numbers fluctuate. So yeah, it for me it's all about the knowledge and the depth of scripture that you have. Yeah. And understanding rather than the numerical number of bodies that sit in a wooden chair and stare at someone speaking. Yeah. Wow. Lots to think about. Ellis, thank you for uh, hanging out with me today. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. It's pretty much uh, what we do all the time around our house. Just chat it up. Oh, yeah. All the time. Talk about some deep stuff. So um, I appreciate your time today. And um, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you on our website, on all of our social media platforms. Um, So please just let us know what you think. Join the conversation. We will see you guys next time. Let me know if I'm replying. What's up, guys? Just letting you know that if you are looking for more information about our Unpopular Truth podcast, Feel free to visit our website at www.unpopulartruthpodcast.com. You can also visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Unpopular Truth Podcast.
that is at Unpopular Truth Podcast.